Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. This is Tom Short, so glad to have you along on this Monday morning, August 2nd. Question for you. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Now, this is a question that has baffled many a scientist, many a philosopher, many a biologist trying to figure out which came first, the chicken or the egg. Can I say we have the answer? It's not a tough question for us creationists because we've read the book of Genesis and we know how God did it. We have the answer. But of course, we're talking here about the origin of life. And this is an even tougher question than which came first, the chicken or the egg. Because how did life begin? This is the baffling question. Now, technically, this is not in the realm of evolution. Technically, evolutionists will argue that, their own, that evolution only deals with what happened after life began. And so they will avoid this really troublesome question for those who want to explain the world without needing to reference God. But we're going to include it in our discussion because obviously if the, the bigger picture is not the specific mechanics of how everything came to be, but rather it was rather whether it was as a result of God creating or whether time and chance just happening. Explosion, a big bang, the origin of life, and then everything mutating and surviving until ultimately we've got all that we have today. And so we would argue this that although scientists have tried as hard as they can to create life in a test tube and to create in their own mind what they think could have been the primordial soup and then to apply energy into it and to put all this intelligence into it to prove that it could happen by chance, dare I say it again, although they have put all these really smart, smart people and all working out what they think could have been and creating the ideal situations for things to have happened accidentally by chance without needing any intelligence. We know and we follow the science. There's a lot of people talk about today that today, follow the science. Science is not our religion, but science is the study, the search for truth, and science is the looking at the world God made. And so we follow the science. And the science tells us this. It's called the law of biogenesis. And that's this. All of life comes from previous life. Folks, that's just the science. That's just what's been observable. That's all we have ever seen. And they've been looking and looking and trying and trying to disprove that. They never have. Let me say again. Life comes from previous life. The Bible puts it this way. Life is to reproduce. Plants, animals, fish, birds, humans, we all reproduce life. We don't start life. Life, doesn't, life is not springing up around us. There was a time scientists used to believe that. As a matter of fact, Charles Darwin believed that. They would look at a pond that had, you know, it seemed like just clear water, and later on there'd be algae, and later on there'd be tadpoles. And they would think, See, life just began in the water. It just began, it's called, it was called spontaneous generation. It took a Christian man, Louis Pasteur, to disprove this theory and to show that there, there must have been life there. This was, again, before our powerful microscopes of today. 
And this was before they understood that there was life in the water. It just wasn't visible. And he just proved it by his experiments. Louis Pasteur, by the way, a man, probably the greatest biologist of all time. We don't hear a whole lot about him compared to, say, Charles Darwin, because what did Darwin do? Darwin gave us a way to look at life without needing God. What did Pasteur do? I don't know, just stuff like discover antibiotics, uh, um, you know, the basis of modern medicine, uh, cure rabies, prove that spontaneous generation wasn't really there, prove that there was life, even though it was microscopic. He was probably the greatest biologist of all time in terms of what he, ha- he was able to do and think and progress. But anyway, his problem was he was a Christian. His problem was he saw his science as loving God. His problem was his science was dedicated to God. And so therefore, sure, he's an important guy, but not nearly as important in our modern scientific world as Charles Darwin would be, because his science didn't need God. But I I digress. Let's get back to our topic. So we would argue that, that although scientists once believed life could just happen, and it took uh, Louis Pasteur to disprove it because he believed the Bible, and uh, and scientists continued to try and you know create life in a test tube or prove that life could come of its own, yet there's a law, the law of biogenesis, that we still stand by, and that is life comes from previous life. So where did the original life come from? Folks, it came from God. Now, this is more than just philosophy that we're talking about or more than just an argument between it with evolutionists. This is something that you and I should celebrate. Remember Romans chapter 1, verse 20 doesn't tell us that the, the, the creation doesn't tell us that God exists. The creation tells us what God is like. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes, his divine nature and invisible attributes have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. And if you look at the creation, all that tells you is that God exists, you're missing something. The creation is to tell you what God is like. One thing we know about this world, you walk around and you see life, life, life everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in the air. You can't even see that. Life is in the plants. Life is in the animals. Life is in the soil. Life is in, it's everywhere. It's in us. You walk around and you just everywhere, there's life, life, life. Now, I live in Ohio where I experience this more and more in the springtime and the summer. And sometimes the winter, you don't feel it quite as much, but it's there. It's everywhere. Folks, what, we're, what are we to know? Our God is alive. Our God is a living God. He's not a dead God. He's not a cadaver that we debate over or examine He's the living God. He's not an idol that's been carved out of a stone or a rock or a tree or wood. He's the living God. And everywhere we walk through the world, we walk through the creation, every time you see life, a plant, a bird, a tree, a bug, an insect, a human, a mirror, look in the mirror. Anytime you look in a microscope, anytime you see life, it should remind you, our God is alive. Our God is the living God. That's what we're to realize. Life came from him. He was the source. Life only comes from previous life, but the living God has always been. He is eternal. 
eternally alive in the time past and eternally alive in time future without beginning, without end. Wow, that's what we need to realize. And that's what we need to praise our God. You know, I, I would like to read a few verses about life and God. John chapter 1, verse 3, speaking of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our God. Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and apart from him. Nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life. That's where life came from. It came from God. It came from the pre-existent, the pre the, the Christ who existed before he became that, uh, before he was incarnated into Mary's womb. In him was life. All things came into being for, through him, including life came into being through him. Um, John chapter 5 and verse 26. We'll start with 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming. And now is in which the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son to have life in himself. Jesus has life in himself. Do you realize no one ever died in the presence of Jesus? I don't know if I shared this the other morning or was sharing with, with, with my small group. But Charles Spurgeon was trying to figure out once uh, the first funeral he ever had to do, and he thought he'd go to the Gospels and see, you know, how Jesus, what did Jesus say? Could he learn anything about how to do a funeral message from the life of Jesus? And he realized every time Jesus got around a dead person, he raised him up. And not only that, do you realize that on the cross, Jesus died before the two thieves on his side? Do you realize there was never a person stayed dead in the presence of Jesus? He was around living people. And people who connected with him were alive. The dead were raised, and even the, those who were going to die didn't die until he was no longer there. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the life-giving God, our, our Jesus. John chapter 11, verse 25 tells us this. He is the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in him will live forever. We'll have life now and we'll have life in eternity. My friends, we're not talking here. When we talk about Jesus, we have to go beyond just existence. We talk about life, that our God is a living God and he gives us life, not just existence. I was doing some research on life and how, it, how scientists, how naturalists, not scientists, excuse my language, how skeptics, how humanists believe it begins. Christian scientists know how it began. Creation scientists know how life began, but but uh, non, non-believing scientists. And what do they think of life? And can they create life? And one of the things I, one of the, def, and even what is the definition of life? And one of the definitions I got was quite interesting. It simply said, life is survival. Now, of course, scientists will try and talk about life as, you know, the ability to reproduce, to have metabolism, to breathe or whatever, you know. They'll add these different aspects where they can identify something that is alive, but they don't know what life is. It's more than survival. God wants our life to be with him, truly alive, truly alive, fully alive. 
In John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's who he is. You want to be alive? Come to Jesus Christ. He's the source of life. He's the giver of life. And so I'm, I know I'm, I realize I'm mixing here some of this scientific question of when did life begin? Human life began, and when did life begin? And, and the uh, understanding of fullness of life that you and I are to have in Christ. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says that Adam was made out of the dust of the earth. And probably speaking here of chemicals, molecules, etc., that we know we're made of. As a matter of fact, evolutionists, skeptics, uh, atheists will tell us we're like $3 worth of chemicals. That's all we are. Well, we were made. That's what we were made out of. These small little chemicals. that The Bible knew that way back in Genesis chapter 2. But we weren't yet alive until God breathed within us the breath of life. Today, God continues to give life to those who are spiritually dead. He breathes into us the, the breath of life via his Holy Spirit. Again, I'm mixing examples here. Adam was made physically alive by the breath of life. We're made spiritually alive as the Holy Spirit breathes into us. There's many people, might be some people listening today, who, who don't know God. They have not yet been born again. Christ is not yet their Savior. And when we come to Jesus Christ, receive his salvation. Stop fighting him, but receive his love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness. His spirit comes to live within us. And we who, we, we go beyond survival and we go to life. We go, on, we go beyond existing and we experience life. Life, life now and life eternal. You know, our God also says this, be fruitful and multiply. Our God loves life. He wants us to multiply life. That's why we excitement and joy in any new baby who's born, any new life that comes into the world. That's why we're grieved when someone dies. It's why we want to see disciples made for Jesus Christ. We want to be fruitful and multiply life in every way. We want to see people who are the walking dead, people who exist and survive, but they don't have eternal life, don't have Christ, they don't have salvation. They're only existing and surviving. We want to see them made alive. Our religion, our worldview focuses on life. I, I don't want to push this too strong because I don't know if every evolutionist would agree with this, but it seems to me that they focus on death. They focus on extinction. They focus on looking at the past. Uh, they, they, focus on, they focus on death. We focus on life. We realize death is a problem. It can't, it's, the, it's the enemy. It came as a result of the curse. It came as a result of sin. But for us, life is the answer. And so today, be alive. Today, experience the life of God. Experience eternal life. Eternal life doesn't start when we die. It's already started if you have Christ. Be alive. Be fully alive. Jesus came the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. And I pray that today you and I will live in this abundant life that reflects our God. We're made in his image. We're to be alive. 
We're to multiply that life. Amen. Father in heaven, we praise you. You're not a philosophy. You're not a higher power. You're not an energy source. You're not, you're not a dead idol. You're not a stone or a piece of wood. You're not the creation. You are the living God. You had no beginning. You've always been alive. And when you created this world, you left this mark upon the world that you are alive, the living God. We see it everywhere, Father. If we just open our eyes, I think of how atheists tell me they see no evidence of God anywhere. And Father, wherever we see life, we see evidence that our God is the living God. You give life. You give life. Thank you. Thank you that you have given us life. Oh, Lord, might we walk in it today. The fullness of life, the abundant life, the victorious life. I pray today, Father, help us to be rising above the, the discouragements, the, the world. You said in the world you'll have tribulation. Take courage. I've overcome the world. Jesus, you, in the world, there's, there is suffering and death, disease, heartache, conflict. There is false ideas. There are false, there's tyranny, poverty, destruction. There's so much to, that could discourage us. You have given us life, and we have it. And we thank you that you've, you've given us something. We have something the world didn't give, and the world cannot take it away. It's eternal. It's lasting. We'll have it forever. Thank you. We bless you. We praise you with all of our heart. We worship you today. You are the life-giving God. Thank you. You've given us the answers. There's still so much to learn. We thank you. We've given us the answers in the Bible, the Word of God. Hallelujah. We thank you for this treasure. We thank you for our chance to be reading it, praying over it, learning from it. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Wow, that's exciting to me today. Our God is a living God. It's all around us, everywhere you look. Make sure he's alive in you. Make sure you're walking around with the joy of the Lord and the life of God filling you. Jesus said of the Holy Spirit in John 7, verse 37, he said, He who believes in him from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. John 7, 37, rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit. My friends, today in your life, express life. Our God is a living God. The devil is a killer. The devil's a destroyer. The world is dying and corrupt. We're alive. Let's walk in it today. Amen. Hey, I love having you along. Thanks for being with me today. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. We'll be back every day because we're here every morning, 8.30 a.m. Make sure and tell your friends, share the video, hit the like button, subscribe button, and uh, notify button, and so forth, okay? Post on your social media. Let's pass this message along. Let's, let's tell the world our God is alive. All right. God bless you. You have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.